Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. desperate attempt to fill 24 hours of programming. Here's some bullshit that happened somewhere today. We've got some footage here of the bullshit which began just after 3 o'clock this afternoon when residents in this neighborhood were shocked to see this fairly common thing happening. An attractive witness described the event in breathless terms. I went to my window and I was like, whoa, there's some bullshit happening. That happened right over there. I'm an older man, so you can trust what I say. Everyone has been destroyed because of this I won't allow it! These babies just saved this lame death party! You are listening to ThisWeekInGeek.net. I'm your host, Mike the Birdman, but I'm not alone as I'm buried under several feet of snow. If you live in southern Ontario, I'm joined by my co-host and fellow person snowed in in Snowmageddon. Uh, Alex, the producer. And yeah, it's it, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, except that because it's kind of melty, it's made conditions kind of crappy. Yeah, like this was a wild weekend. Now, to kind of paint the scene, there was a really bad storm that I think came out of California and Texas, which made its way up through Canada this past weekend. We had thunder snow, and I've only experienced that like once in my life. So I'm sitting here in my living room watching TV with my wife, and we see this flash outside, and we thought, did somebody hit a train? transformer was that like a snow removal vehicle going by no and then we just hear this boom and we're like well that's not good um and then we started going to there's this thing called ontario storm watch and they're like yeah you guys may want to plug in your stuff because we're under winter storm warning for this so me and blair we plugged in all our devices we heard the thunder snow for about 20 minutes or so and the snow was just 
coming down in buckets. Like Alex, you've been to my uh, kind of parking lot. going down the middle coming towards our lot that snow is four feet deep at one point and that's the thing like it said oh um i think kitchener and like this region and then your region got somewhere between 12 and 16 inches but it's not like it's even distribution when they say that that's covering the whole area on average meaning certain areas of town might have got 30 inches and then other areas might have got like four (laughs) <laughs> right like that's how it works so like in my area we got about a foot and a half yeah you you guys got it bad at, at like one point and so blair and, and, that, and that's and sorry for some people are like that's not a ton of snow that's a lot of snow in 24 hours yeah it was from about 7 p.m i think it started here until 7 a.m here it went till about 3 a.m but it, it was so intense at, at points where it was like, you know, two inches an hour, two and a half inches an hour. Like, um, I had ordered something via skip the kind of dishes and they were calling drivers off the road. And I was supposed to go volunteer for one of the things that I do on the Saturday morning. I called the cab company to cancel because there was no way I could safely get into my parking lot because someone would have to shovel it out and clear it out for my wheelchair to move. And the cab driver says like, yeah, I'm pulling my guys off the road like right now, unless it's like emergency medical stuff. No one's going out there. And yet kids were still calling the cab company to go to the bar. Well, <sighs> because, well, you know, Paul, uh, you know my you know my opinion on well first of all you know my opinion on your city their their university education yeah quotes their party culture yeah there is a running joke amongst a lot of southwestern ontario that's well if you can't get into university or college you or community college you can still go to guelph that's the party school and they, and everybody rolls their eyes see i always thought that was fanshaw which was called funshaw that's for that's for community colleges if you can't get into any if you can't get into guelph you go there oh okay <laughs> no but it's like it's just known that guelph is a okay school mm-hmm. like I, I, every university is okay let's be real <clears throat> every university has its, its good parts it's just Guelph doesn't specialize in anything other than people knowing that it's a party school. Um, and what does that tell you? I would say Guelph specializes in its vet in its veterinary sciences. Yes. We are called yes. Moo You. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Like there's always one or two, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's you will never hear Guelph pulled up on the list of top ten universities in Canada. It's just it's never on that list. It's on the list of best party schools and best part and what does that mean though? That means people puking in the streets. You know, you know my history with thinking how disgusting Guelph is, where they they actually employ this is a legit thing. The city employs street cleaners to clean the barf up after every weekend during the school year. Gross. Because it's it's just known that the students will pee and barf all over the roads. I found the University of Guelph. And we are in the top twenty. Sorry. Okay, you're in the top 20 out of what, 20? Um, out of 42. <laughs> okay. But, I was curious. But, I was curious. Le- like, legitimately, I know you love your city. Your city is the only city I've heard of ever that has permanent crew to, that their entire job is just to clean up barf. 
Yeah, I haven't been downtown on those particular weekends, so I really can't speak yeah, to don't. that. Yeah, don't. I was going to say, just don't, because, and it's like, it's not me being snobbish. Like, we have two universities in my city, and that never happens. Not even once. It, and when I say not even once, I mean, I don't know. Ever. You did have even, riot cops at one thing a couple years that, ago. That, well, that, there's that, it's that one house party that, that happens every single year. Yeah, where it closes that, off a couple of streets. Yeah. Yeah, that house party. Uh, and even then, guess what? They never have to bring up people to sweep up the barf. This is true. It's it, 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 tr- University of Toronto, UT, all, Ryerson, all the Toronto, they don't have permanent barf sweepers. Guelph does. So that's like, Guelph's university is like the Florida <laughs> of here when it comes to drinking culture. So that's, that's my issue with that. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, me and... The university I've had nothing but a good experience. Though. Oh no, no, there's, and there's plenty. They put on plenty of good programs. There's play, and they do great, you know, activities and and uh, like they do all the great things that universities do. I don't like the students that go there. <laughs> the traditional student culture. Uh, now that's just me. Uh, I've when I've gone years and years and years ago, you know, with friends, we were like, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat. You know, later at night. Yeah, you, you can't because the restaurants are open till four a.m. in some areas, and you know what they do. They barricade the bathrooms. You're not allowed to use their bathrooms, which is, I thought, illegal. But news to me, news to me. Um, oh yeah, uh, trying to think of what else has happened uh, yeah. this week. So, sorry, sorry for my irrational hate of of night culture of, yeah. of the university. There, <laughs> say, uh, other than that, and, 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 and we're not talking rush week. This is like all the time. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, though, trying to think of what else has happened this week. Um, there hasn't been any hockey this week. My uh, team was on the road, um, so they haven't really been doing a whole lot. I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Go with uh, Blair, which is actually kind of exciting. I was talking with friend of the show, Jen, uh, a.k.a. Jelly Swirl. Jen McMiler always is a very big friend of the show. She does a lot of our artwork. It looks like she's going to come up for a Pokemon Calm Day uh sometime in the spring which is where there's like a featured kind of pokemon takes place over the course of like a weekend me and her have been lucky friends for a while so we're looking forward to doing that trade that in theory should never happen if someone lives far away you get you don't get a chance to trade with them that often so it'll be nice to quote unquote get the band back together we haven't seen jen since covid started so it's been like two years, um, three more more than that. Yeah. So she's because COVID is now. Three years. I think officially is it was it what, what day was it was it the March 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 twentieth. It's gonna if if we go to the twentieth, that'll be three years. Yeah. So that's gonna be wild. I mean, it'll be nice to see Jen. She's got all these uh, sugar free things for us because up here in Canada we don't get all the cool things that the United States gets. See, it's squandered on the Americans. They, they, the country with the most obese people and the most diabetes and people that refuse to even eat sugar-free stuff have the most amount of availability of them. And then it's like everywhere else in the world, we crave them and can't get them. Yeah, it's so strange. I mean, for whatever reason, I guess it's just a larger market. It's, so, it's, Well, it's America. They, they're, the point is they can have variety and then just burn them if they want to i guess it's america i guess so so yeah uh, other than that though it's been pretty quiet i've been playing star wars knights of the old republic on the switch uh not the best port in the world but i like what uh asper did and they've added in the ability to cheat so now i can just walk through the game see the storyline that's been talked about for like 20 years i gotta say this is actually a lot of fun it's kind of made me a bit of a star wars 
See, buff again. I I was positive you would have played it since it was Bioware and it was Star Wars, and the the fact that you didn't blew my mind. I played it on the computer when the game first came out, but because it's keyboard and mouse, I just I gave up, and I just never got so, any so of the you, trainers to work properly. So you never beat it. No. You never even knew what the story was going to be like. I got through the first chunk of the first planet, and I'm thinking, fuck this. I hate playing games on PC. I know, blasphemous. And I just never got through it. And then it was on sale last week for like five bucks. I'm thinking, you know what? I got five bucks. Um, and I just kind of went through it. I'm surprised you never played it on Xbox or backwards compatible. I had it on Xbox. I, I know I've owned it multiple times. I just never sat down. So I kind of wanted to get into the mood for Star Wars because now that Mando season three's in full swing, fantastic first episode, by the way. Um, I'm really glad that I'm back in the Star Wars. We've got Jedi Survivor coming out in April. So it'll be something to tide me over until I can get back into the world of Cal Kestris and whatnot. So that's been my week. What about you? Uh let me think here uh it's been mostly catching up on some review stuff and uh i finished up my playthrough com- to 99 percent or so of octopath traveler 2 uh, i'm stuck at a point where you have to beat like the super boss and beating the super boss will ding the last couple of trophies i would need uh but i'm not going to put in 20 more hours of grinding to get to the point where you can actually beat the super boss because that's bad game design there's balance issues with the game uh at certain points where you're like this is not working and it's i've talked to a few people that are now starting to get to the part where i was where they're seeing they're like yeah there's balance issues here and i'm sorry if you have to have a very technical very specific build and then spend 20 to 30 or 40 minutes beating a super boss it's not fun it like it's just it's it's not fun to do that and anybody that says it is they just like the masochism of it they like the pain and i'm like no and that's you know that's not something i've never liked about jrpgs i don't like the grind i like experiencing the story at, at a good pace so i i mean i'm i'm had a really good time with it overall it's like an eight out of ten for me maybe eight and a half mm-hmm. uh it would be a nine if they fix some of the balance issues and then fix the the end game stuff but uh they probably won't <laughs> because there's people out there I, I don't know why that like that the way it is, but uh, that's just, you know, I guess teach their own uh, beyond that. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I've been catching up, you know, because I, the last couple of weeks I was basically just doing Octopath. Uh, I caught up on the last of us. Um, ended up watching like, was it two or three episodes in a row? Mm-hmm. So I'm all caught up there. Uh, watched Mando. Like, uh, like he said, uh, I think it's setting up a, a pretty good season overall. I, I was, I thought at the very beginning, you, you know, where the, uh, I forget the name of the character, the one that like makes the armor, the armor, the armor. is that what yeah. it like? Does it not, yeah. does she not have a name? Yeah, she's just the armor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought I was positive. She was making a little tiny helmet for him. Yeah. For, for Grogu. And I, I, I think that's what they're foreshadowing Mm -hmm. that's probably that's going to be the new thing that unites the people will be grogu that's what i think it'll be the big finale like i i think at the end of this even if it's not the end of this season or at the end maybe it'll be the next but i just get this feeling that that was a foreshadowing scene with the the, you know the little ones and i think what's going to happen is they're going to go to the 
they're going to go into the living waters or whatever, come out, yada, 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 what's going to happen. And what we're going to see is even if he doesn't, like, he'll have a choice or something mm-hmm. and he won't be allowed to rejoin. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, you know, he'll be a Ronin forever, basically. But he's going to let the, uh, let the child join and the scene we'll see is him having to go off on his own uh or or you know be like you know the the old samurai leaving and you're gonna see grogu with his helmet on becoming one of the the people yeah i mean it's gonna be fantastic where they're gonna take this series and i'm sure we'll talk about that because we haven't really done a we haven't done a star wars show so maybe at at the end of mandalorian season three we'll kind of look at the star wars universe report card on future imperfect i think that'd be a really easy show for us to do uh, absolutely and, and outside of that it's just been us sort of watching uh, star trek and that's that's been it i'm sort of caught up now i'm playing some games for review but they you know not much else majorly new other than uh you know i'll be going to see cocaine bear tomorrow that i need to get around to seeing so hopefully i'll get a chance to do that i also need to watch picard uh's newest episode i have i'm only one episode behind so i'll probably do that probably oh. today oh that's the best episode they've ever done so i'm looking forward to it that's what i've heard and, and, and i'm not being like sarcastic or really like, that's the best one. no i mean that's like the best one they've ever done so we'll be talking about that on future imperfect really soon so coming up on the show this week we're going to be talking about the last of us we're going to be talking about teenage mutant ninja turtles we're going to be talking about some other cool stuff that happened we also have reviews of team ninja's latest game wulong fallen dynasty reviewed on the playstation 5 alex what do we got coming up from you kirby and we also got something from our good old friend ken from this anime podcast so we got all that and more right here on this week in geek and we're going to throw things over to alex right now and we'll be back guys right after this only on this our friends over at nintendo sent a review copy of kirby's return to dreamland deluxe edition uh, for the Nintendo Switch. This is the first time that I have played the title. Uh, I know this is a, you know, deluxe remaster, and I think it's going to be the first time that a lot of people might have played it. I, You know, as popular as Kirby has been in the past, the Switch is by far their most popular console. I would say even, even more than Wii. Now, like, I know that I think sales, I think it might have passed it. If it hasn't, it's going to really soon. I think we're at the point now where the Switch is the most popular Nintendo console probably ever, uh, just even in the public lexicon. And, you know, pretty much anything that comes out 
that was from a previous console there's that maybe didn't sell as well or might have been overlooked uh ends up with a boost in sales i did read that this game sold in its first week i think more than double in japan alone more than double uh its first week sales than it did initially what like 10 years ago or more whatever it was at this point uh so you know that's a sign in itself and what we get here are you know hd visual upgrades uh it looks pretty darn good i've been playing it uh both on my oled uh, in portable mode and in docked mode uh on a 1080p monitor and it looks good both ways it looks you know honestly way better on my my oled uh switch because those colors really pop but this is your traditional kirby your your 2d uh, Kirby, you know, left and right platforming uh, with, you know, some verticality involved. And uh, more like Star Allies, if you played that on the Switch. Now, they've added a bunch of stuff here. Like there's a, a game mode that happens after you beat the game uh, where the uh, the main helper friend from this game, you have to play as uh, that character in a series of more missions, which is always fun. Uh, as of this uh, recording, I'm just starting that part there. But other than that, there is uh, a ton of like collectibles to find in each world. It's pretty standard Kirby fare. You know, each world is broken up into multiple levels. Each level has multiple uh, secret items, somewhere between three, five, sometimes even more uh, of these power cells that you pick up that are then going towards uh, unlocking, you know, extra uh special levels challenge levels uh rooms that give you power-ups uh in your home base uh you also find uh little stamp tickets that you go into a, another world that's outside of the the uh it's like a theme park and inside of there you can unlock even more stuff to do uh as well as uh hats and ma like masks and accessories you can get the masks you can just wear as you're playing the level and, and it will cover up uh kirby's default face and then if you are uh, getting extra items. If you get stuck in an area or you lose a power that you need to go to a certain spot to get one of the secret items, you can uh, pull up the, by pressing and holding X, you can pull up a menu. And if you've got certain items uh, purchased or equipped uh, from the bonus stages and bonus stuff, you can actually give that to yourself, like a, a gun that shoots that will blow up things to reveal areas that you need a power to get to if you're unpowered. Stuff like that. Pretty neat. Uh, the gimmick here with the Kirby game is certain enemies will give you um, like a supersized, superpowered version of the, that Kirby power. So let's say there's a sword power that you usually get. It's a standard power Kirby can get. You, you know, hit things with your sword. Well, if you get the superpowered one, when you use the sword, it does a superpowered version that can like cut down giant ropes or cut down huge enemies on the screen. Uh, and it, it, there's other ones that like fire, like a fire dragon, um, or there's a whip that can whip across. And the idea is it will kill everything on the screen that it can find. It can also open up areas to go to, uh, like warp zones to find some of the extra secret items, you know, really in fun, inventive stuff that Kirby is known for. Uh, there is multiplayer in this and that you can play with multiple friends on the same screen, which is something they're advertising as a feature because the last couple Kirby games, you weren't able to really do that. So adding that or having that functionality is something they're really pushing here. I'll have to actually have my brother or some people over to try out some of the multiplayer aspects. But, you know, it, overall, the performance is pretty good. It does tend to stutter when uh, loading a new level or loading a new world. You'll see the frame rate drop to like 
five frames per second for like a moment when it's loading and that's just a limitation of you know i have a really fast sd card in there micro sd but even if you have the cartridge it's just a limitation of the storage hardware here you know once we go to another next generation of a switch in the future at some point i imagine that sort of thing would be fixed it's not a problem with how the game was coded i think it's just a limitation of the actual throughput that it can do uh visually and audibly it's a fantastic Kirby game. Uh, it's smooth. There's no crashes. Uh, there's plenty of extras that they've added. Uh, a big feature that can help younger players or people that want to play a little more casually is you can turn on an easy mode here and it gives you the prompt if you want to do it at the beginning of the game or not. It adds an extra life bar. So you have two life bars. Uh, it fixes pitfalls so that if you fall in a pit, uh, you will be carried out of the pit and be able to carry on from where you were and if you start to get really close to low health on after your second life bar is almost gone uh, a helper friend can come out and it will drop you uh, a small fruit or something to give you maybe 25 to 50 percent of your life back on one bar to give you a fighting chance so it, it, you're not really going to be at least in the main game in jeopardy of being so frustrated that you lose uh, you, and again you can turn that on or off so that's always you know a good feature as far as accessibility features it doesn't really need any the the text is large there's very little to actually read and do that way uh it's vibrant uh i don't see somebody who's maybe a certain type of colorblind you'd have to let me know if there's any issues with it but i don't see any of the colors clashing to the point where you'd have trouble playing it if you are colorblind if that makes any sense uh and it's just an overall fun romp that you can play i was playing it the last few days basically before bed for an hour before bed each night and just having an absolute blast with it. If you are already a Kirby fan and maybe even played the original version and you're thinking, you know, should I get this? It's a sizable upgrade and I would say it's worth it. If you're somebody who's new to the genre, this is another good jumping point. You know, all three of the mainline, uh, you know, fully priced Kirby games on the Switch are good entry points for anybody. But this is, I think an even easier entry point than uh, Star Allies uh, or Forgotten Land. It, you can pick up and play pretty much right away and it gives you a tutorial for the first mission or two, first level or two showing you how to play everything to the point where I don't think anybody could have a problem picking up, you know, like a little kid, my grandma, anybody could pick up and play this. And it, you know, we need more, we need more like this, like Yoshi, we need another Donkey Kong. Uh, but until we get more, you know, brand new titles from all these franchises or a new, new Mario game, this is a good holdover. And it's going to be something that, you know, fills in my game playing gap until the spring and summertime when we start to see the deluge of new titles coming out. The prime minister of Sweden visited Washington today and my tiny little nipples went to France. Gossip, rumors, panic in the streets. We're lucky. This Week in Geek News. Welcome back to ThisWeekInGeek.net. I'm your host, Mike the Birdman. He's Alex, the producer. Well, it is time to talk about the things that happened this past week on the big blue marble we call Earth. And, of course, we're going to start things off in the entertainment world. We're going to boldly go where no one has gone before. This story comes courtesy of Entertainment Weekly. Star Trek Discovery will end with Season 5. Sonequa Martin-Green calls it, quote, a mind-blowing journey. I'm astoundingly blessed by God to have played Captain Michael Burnham and to have taken part in a legacy alongside alongside an extraordinary cast, phenomenal crew, and remarkable writing team, says the series star. 
quote, it is the end of an era within the Star Trek franchise as Star Trek Discovery is officially concluding with season five, which is getting an early 2024 premiere on Paramount+. Plus. In a lengthy statement to the press, series star Sadiqa Martin-Green, who plays Captain Michael Burnham, opened up about her time on Discovery. I can hardly believe that this mind-blowing journey with Star Trek Discovery is ending. Martin-Green, who's also a producer, says, I'm astonishingly blessed by God to have played Captain Michael Burnham to have taken part in a legacy alongside an extraordinary cast, phenomenal crew, and remarkable writing team. The actress thanks CBS Studios and Paramount Plus, who, quote, insisted on making television history. She also calls out showrunners... Uh, Michelle Paradise and Alex Kurtzman and executive producers, including, I can't pronounce this name, I'm sorry, Ola Tund Usumi, I think. Quote, I will never forget how it felt to stand together as a show family cradling the heirloom of Star Trek with all those franchise at large and with the fans, the star says. The fans, the fans welcomed us into their hearts as we launched a new iteration of Trek and an entirely and an entire entertainment platform, and we'll never forget it. 65 episodes later, here's to the company of Star Trek Discovery, to the show its fifth and final season, to its beloved fans, to all those who envisioned a better future, let's fly. And then it just goes into history of uh, kind of Star Trek. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting that they're, they're trying to hype it up, but the reality is they're canceling it because it was so divisive amongst fans. And in five years... Can you tell me what's actually happened in the show? I can only tell you bits and pieces because I kind of tuned out at the end of season of season three. I watched part of season four and I, I just didn't like it. Okay. Aaron and I did our discussion on, on it, which we still have to put out. Uh, and I kept confusing season three's plot with season four because I didn't know that they were different. All I know is one, that, they go to the future tells- and there's changelings and the bird. Yeah. That's, that's- that's the third season. Yeah, yeah, that's when I kind of tuned you, out. I have no no recollection of what season four was, and that's the most recent season. I I tuned out completely after what was it? Burnham was hit with the the ray gun that made her drunk. Yeah, and it was so hokey, and like we're talking more hokey than a cartoon. And then everybody is still trying to praise it at that point, and it's like. I don't get it there. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I just, I legitimately don't get why people would like it. See, and to me, there and, were and we, parts and, of it. I thought worked and I thought the ideas, some of them were actually kind of interesting. The fact that they got flung so far into the future. Okay. That's interesting. Now, what are you going to do with it? I thought the idea yeah. of the burn was, but not everybody uses dilithium. So the Romulans are fine. The Borg well, are well, fine. Well, and not, not to mention like, we when we get them for review we try to, to go into it with as unbiased an opinion as possible and there are elements that we end up always talking about saying yeah this, this was pretty good but it, each season always misses the mark for, for different reasons mm-hmm. agreed uh and like what gets me is when i th- sit back and think critically and and objectively about it there's nothing in discovery that on its own, if no Star Trek had existed before it, would make me go, this is a good show to watch. I was more interested in more of the side characters than Michael Burnham's story. Like, for example, Anthony Rapp's character as, I think, Stamets, I think it is. Him, big fan of him. I really like that. Him yeah. and his like uh, husband, really like that story. I like Tilly. I don't like the direction they took her in later seasons, but okay, fine. Um, 
whatever happened to the guy who was the Klingon impersonator guy? Whatever happened to him? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, they just went, uh, forget he existed. Okay. Um, I never liked what they did with, like, I felt Saru could have been a bigger part. Like, him, I'm interested in. I like him. I don't want the Michael Burnham show. And it's well, nothing against is, her this either. This the problem. This, uh, Star Trek Discovery. Discovering what? They never really discover anything. It. it like I know that sounds really cynical, but like nothing really ever gets done. It's it's the same every season is the big MacGuffin. What's the big mystery? But then the big mystery ends up being something either incredibly stupid or incredibly offensive. I don't know how they got away with was it, was the burn the you know the the burn right yeah that whole thing mm-hmm. that it was literally some some temper tantrum mental, mentally handicapped neurodivergent child man child threw a temper tantrum and blew up the universe because he wasn't getting the mental help he needed yeah that was a little and not I, great. And, and, and and i'm trying to say it as nice a way as possible they made it come across as very offensive like it was it, like it was very very offensive and yet not a single journalist wrote about how offensive that was it was about the praise of the, it's like i i i question how selective people were with reviews and we 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 were very very upfront with how we thought of things like it was it wasn't just that it was an offensive thing for people that with, with uh, that are neurodivergent it was that it was very poorly written to begin with that that particular and i think that's where it dropped off now season four is, is going to be coming out on blu-ray at some point and we're going to get to review it so coming back at it from a second you know second uh, stance and, and also looking at it after like a year's time will be interesting when we do it and maybe seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff if they include that but it's all telling that it's ending you know they they they're they're saying that you know they chose to end it blah 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 no they had a multi-season order so of course they're they're doing it they're just deciding not to do any more uh but it's the the fact that they're deciding to end it right after strange new worlds had like double the ratings and uh, the best uh reviews for uh for star trek writing since like i don't know 2004 (laughs) as far as like universal praise it says a lot it says that they are now shifting it they're shifting 
Strange New Worlds to be the flagship show. Which is fine with me. Like, I think Strange yeah. New Worlds and Lower Decks are fantastic. Um, I like that the Section 31 show should pro- probably, we'll probably start to hear more about that fairly soon. And that's what I mean. When things from Discovery are more interesting, like Captain Giorgio, I thought she was awesome. Like, I thought that was great. And though, when they randomly put her into the mere universe and the guardian of forever randomly shows up and there were just parts of discovery that just were a little messy but the side characters were fantastic i don't know just it's nothing against sinequa green because i really liked her in the walking dead and there are parts in discovery where i think she's actually fairly fantastic it's just it's it's the it's it's the michael burnham show and when i say the direction too i there are talented directors and it's not like they're just I feel like a lot of it is, I guess that's good enough. Print it, move to the next scene. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's like they, it's like the directors are looking at the scripts they received. The actors are looking at it and they're like, really? Okay. Do it like it's written. And then just like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I don't get the feel from that show at all that anybody is really trying hard. There's people that are hamming it up. There's people that are going over the top. I don't get a feel that anybody is even in editing trying hard enough to make it serious. And it, it comes across as like either over dramatic or they'll add tension when there isn't tension. Like, like they're trying to get the show done as economical as possible and not trying to make the, they're not trying to make a good show. There were pa- comparatively, there were things about discovery that i think were really great specifically the short tracks some of those were really fans especially the one and with mud what, and guess what those got canceled real fast yeah. when they decided that you and, and i swear you can I'll, I'll state my whatever credibility i have they canceled it after the short tracks were getting better reviews than the actual show hmm. i mean I'll, they were they were get they were getting better reviews than the show that they were complimenting i mean as discovery comes to an end, I'd like to know what will its final season be about. I mean, they're still in the future. As far as I understand, are they going to get back to the main timeline? No. Probably no, not. They can't, they can't because they're everything they've done has ruined the lore of the show. So they have to stay in the future where nobody's touching them. Yeah. I guess they've kind of written themselves into a bubble where they can't be touched because they're in what the 32nd century or something. They, they, they've got to, they've got to stay in an alternate timeline. That's the only way it's going to work. So like, sorry, go ahead. Like how are they, what are they going to do? Go back in time and blow themselves up so that nothing ever happened. You know, that might be an interesting way to end it saying the only way for us to preserve the future is if we never did what we did. And then, like, they, they literally go back in time, and instead of, instead of, uh, uh, instead of Burnham, like, causing the Klingon war, they blow themselves, they, they smash their ship into their ship, and Giorgio and all of them blow up. I don't know. Like, I kind of think of that whole, like, cause and effect thing like like but- butterfly effect yeah you, they're gonna go they're gonna go back in time and str- and strangle themselves in the womb <laughs> i don't think which, it'll go which, that which, far which, but... which which i'm sorry spoiler i know that could be triggering but that's the plot of that movie yeah is everything he does everything ashton kutcher does uh it, it, to try bad. to save people it ends up making things worse and it just keeps playing that stain song it's been a while or whatever 
uh, what was that? It was it called? It's been a while. That was that yeah. one. That they, yeah, the, the, mood, the moody song they play. And every single time he screws something up, either his arm blows up or the girlfriend ends up going with her abusive father. And then his solution is, I'm going to go back in time and strangle myself with my umbilical cord. And that's and that's how the movie ends. And you're like, what? Yeah, man, it's been so long since I've seen that. In fact, well, and, and, and I'll, I'll say one thing: that movie had one clever moment in it. Is they mentioned very early on, and it's a, it's a it's a one off. They don't even like follow up. On they it. don't do they don't do no no they don't do anything to really foreshadow that or or put it out there that that hey you should you should remember this yeah. But if you, uh, but they make mention that his mom had like three miscarriages before him. Mm-hmm. And the then it brings in the question: Did she miscarriage, or were all these children having the same power? Wow! Yeah, and, was, and, and, and was their solution that 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 they shouldn't exist? Interesting. Like, so I mean that that's cool, but everything else in that movie is shit. <laughs> I know we're talking about doing a future imperfect about time travel, and maybe that's a movie I, I should cover. I kind of no, wouldn't mind watching no, those again. You could watch it, but we're going to rip it apart. It's not going to be. <laughs> It's not a good movie. Yeah, well, it's also made in what 2004, so whatever. Yeah, and there's like sequels that are real bad. Like real bad. So, uh that's enough about that. So Star Trek Discovery, I guess we'll see how you end. Will you redeem yourself in your final season? Not I, not likely, I, I, but you never know. I really do hope I do hope that for what it is, it gets a, a good send-off. I do. Yeah, like I want to go back and give it another whirl and see what happens. I, I don't know if I ever want to see any of the characters again except for Saru uh, because every other character has been done dirty. Even the ones that you liked uh, have been kind of meh. So our next story involves what has arguably been called the best video game adaptation of all time so far. And this story comes courtesy of comicbook.com. The Last of Us breaks insane viewing record with just five episodes. HBO Max has another hit on their hands with the live action adaptation of the video of the hit video game franchise, The Last of Us. The series quickly became the second biggest debut for an HBO series within the past 10 years. And <coughs> excuse me, and it has already been renewed for a second season. Previously, it was revealed that streaming numbers for the series outpaced Game of Thrones House of the Dragon spinoff. Now it seems the series has broken another record. According to Nielsen via Deadline, The Last of Us has finally crossed 1 billion streaming minutes watched after the release of the fifth episode. The series crossed 1.2 billion minutes viewed as of the week of January 30th to February 5th. Craig Mazin, the uh, Emmy-winning creator of HBO's Chernobyl series, produced The Last of Us alongside Druckmann, the creator behind the hit video game series. In an interview earlier this year, the writer said, The Last of Us is the greatest video game story ever told. It's an open and shut case. This is the greatest story that has ever been told in video games. I don't know about that. Uh, Mazin said in an interview with says by somebody who probably very plays very little video games. Yes, I, yeah. Uh, Mazin said in an interview with uh, Empire Magazine, Joel and Ellie didn't shoot uh, anything out of their eyeballs; they were just people. And in that, and that in and of itself is remarkable is remarkably rare in games the fact that they kept it so grounded really made you feel i'd never experienced anything like it and i've been playing video games since 1977 uh joining pascal and ramsey include gabriel luna as tommy but then it just goes into the cast uh the first seven episodes are available on hbo max now we're up to nine episodes after last night this is the last episode it's going to be airing this week uh episode nine ah uh, this series is incredible. 
I hope we don't have to wait Game of Thrones long to get the next season, but I don't know how they're going to get through the next episode without it feeling incredibly rushed. Um, uh, without going into details, well, no, it depends. Uh, if the next episode is like an hour and 20 minutes long. Then sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, but it needs to. Uh, this episode that aired this week needed to. Yeah, like because in the game there are parts of the encounter that didn't happen. And I know they put them in for gameplay mechanics. Like for example, David and Ellie are supposed to fight a group of infected, but they don't. Okay, fine. I'm willing to let that go. Cause that, that was a little superfluous, except that it would have, it would have let us build up the false sense of trust, but they don't need that for this one because they show the townspeople earlier on and establish a level of unease that isn't there in the game until after. Yeah, that I thought was actually kind of a smart thing. And one thing I can say about the adaptation is the changes that they've made have been really, really good. Like I think the, the best episode this season, and it'll get nominated for an Emmy or something is the bill and Frank episode for sure. That'll get nominated for something. Yeah, now, uh, did you catch uh, Troy Baker? I did, and there was people wanted, uh, they wanted Pedro Pascal to interrogate Troy Baker to have a Joel meets Joel moment, but that didn't happen, obviously. Um, This was, like I said, this was really, really good. Like, there isn't anything really negative I can say about the last one. I've had some people complain about Ramsey, I think she's done a really fantastic job, especially as the show has gone on. You could maybe argue it was a little rough in the beginning, but I really think this show has done so well to adapt a story that all of us for years were afraid would not work on screen. But Pedro Pascal's done, he's fucking Mando. Um, Bella Ramsey, I mean, her biggest thing was Game of Thrones before this. You're taking on one of the most beloved characters in modern video games. You've done a fantastic job. Um, Gabriel Luna as Tommy. Admittedly, he hasn't been given a whole lot to do, but I do like him. I'm really sad we don't get more Bill and Frank because I know in The Last of Us Part 2, there's a reference to Bill uh, where he is still alive in his town. But that ended how it ended but it but it was beautiful it, it also doesn't mean we won't get flashback. further flashbacks yeah which i would hope to see that but at the same time if those two characters have to exist in a bubble i'm perfectly fine with it like there's just there was so much well done in this series and when i really think about it we haven't seen a lot of infected for a zombie show quote unquote we haven't seen a lot of undead and it works Like, it's not Walking Dead where they're always fighting walkers week to week. Here, you're not seeing infected week to week. Obviously, the big metaphor with these type of things is, oh, the living are the worst problem and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. There's just something about this that I think other shows like The Witcher even, uh, Fallout when that comes out, Twisted Metal, that's going to fucking bomb so hard. Um, well, and, and what I do like is that, you know, I saw some people that maybe didn't play the game, uh, or just watched it 
posting online last night like why haven't there been any you know of the infected it's like it's too cold the, well they're they're like they're in colorado mountains yeah like like literally they're they're in a place that is too cold all of the year even in summer it's not going to be quite warm enough for them you might get the odd one because i know because jackson's in nebraska which isn't too far away is it well, oh well, yeah yeah but anywhere where there's a mountainous region the reason you won't get them is the the fungus can't go through the mountain mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean like like the root system it's going to go through fertile land a lot easier than it is frozen mountain land yeah so like it, i've always been interested in the world there being like hey you know what like when they talk about they never show it in the games maybe if they make a third one but like i would question would america's like would the american government have not just relocated to alaska or cheyenne mountain or something but 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 even then like they're like would would alaska and like would the canadian government have not just been like hey like northwest territories or none of it that's now our staging grounds or like you know what i mean for everything would they have not moved the the military and the government to one of the northern like research bases because you can go to a place where there's permafrost and there's no mushrooms that can grow well the place that would be the most secure in the world but it would be incredibly hostile towards you would be baffin island or someplace just off of james bay uh in canada or or actually you know what iceland i wouldn't be like in the game alaska is one thing but you'd think because of how established and how well equipped the the facilities are you'd think that like you find out the president the president's living on like antarctica yeah or some shit like that yeah i mean i'd I'd be very curious to hear more about the extended lore of what happened to other world governments because we never hear like there's just assumed that everything shut down it's like but there's a whole lot of canada that would not be permanently shut down because we're sparse enough apart that once you start driving you might drive to a spot where they're like like even if the the zombies quote-unquote wanted to walk to you they'd freeze to death trying to walk the 700 miles to the civilization yeah because they say certain infected only last a couple of months but certain ones can last 20 years 20 years or more but 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 the farther north we go the less likely they are to even be able to spread right yeah it would be more difficult like like, you'd wonder like okay how about scandinavia and like what about the netherlands and 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 you know russia or what about places that maybe wouldn't have actually imported the grain or anything like certain ones that are more self-sustaining or don't use grain as part like there's parts of asian countries where they don't use that kind of flour my guess is there's probably some MacGuffin around it so yeah i guess the, the argument is a pandemic spreads like a pandemic spreads but i would i would think that it could be revealed that even if flights like basically travel between areas is restricted because it's hard to get fuel but like there australia and new zealand could be completely isolated that's what that's what i'm saying like like, as long as their island doesn't get infected they could have like there it would be interesting to find out at the end like a real fuck you moment in the last of us would be finding out that it's literally just america that's that's shut down everybody else is recovering I think it'd be interesting if the new world government popped up in like New Zealand or Tanzania or some shit like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be like parts, like parts of Africa or, but specifically it would be all the cold nations like Argentina's fine. The Southern tips of Argentina and like Northern Canada, 
uh, northern Europe, parts of Australia, and everything else near the equator is just done. Yeah, so... Ultimately, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I know we will be doing a discussion on this. We'll definitely be doing a special prototype on this where we'll talk about The Last of Us, how it's adapted the games and everything. So look for that in the next two weeks or so. It'll be me, Alex, and probably Ken, too. Um, So we'll be talking about that. Then our final story this week, and this one just premiered today as of the show recording. So I'm presuming this will be posted on Tuesday. So go back onto YouTube and watch this trailer today. So this story comes courtesy of comicbook.com. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem cast and trailer premiere date revealed. So today, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem has revealed its cast and its first trailer will debut. It already has. During the 2023 Nickelodeon Kids Choice event, producer Seth Rogen announced the main voice cast of the upcoming CG animated theatrical film. Joining Rogen on stage were the actors playing the four turtles in the films, Micah Abbey, Shemon Brown Jr., Nick. Nicholas Cantu, Brady Noon. Rogan also announced the teaser trailer for the film will premiere on the TMNT Movie Socials and Paramount Pictures YouTube channel on Monday, March 6th, which is today as of this recording. <laughs> I'm sorry, but whenever anybody mentions that kid's name, I think of Michael Jackson. Shaman. Shaman. Uh, in, in a statement, president of Nickelodeon Animation and Paramount Animation, uh, Ramsey Nato, said, quote, we are beyond thrilled by this world-class cast we've assembled to bring these iconic beloved characters to life in a new chapter of the team in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe. This really sets a new bar for the globally celebrated franchise, and we can't wait to show the audiences this film. I've already read the uh, main turtles, so I'm going to read some of these other ones. Uh, Hannibal Burris will be playing Genghis Frog of the Punk Frogs. Rose Byrne will be playing a presumably a gender swap version of Leatherhead. If not, I'm still down for it. Uh, John Cena is rock steady. That's, I think, really fun casting. Jackie Chan is Splinter. Ice Cube as Superfly. I don't know who that character is. Natasha Dimitriou as Wingnut. That's really cool. Uh, Io, Ed, I can't pronounce her last name. I'm sorry. Uh, April O'Neil. Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter oh, Stockton. Like, Io Edibiri? Edibiri, yeah. I think I think I've, that's how I've heard it pronounced. Edibiri. Edibiri. Uh, so sh- uh, she will, will be playing April. Post Malone as Ray Filet. Yet kind of a deep cut from the cart enough uh, from the cartoon from the toys i know he recently got a super seven uh articulated figure um seth rogan is bebop so not bad continuing his warthog aficionado paul rudd is mondo gecko weird pick again another deep cut from the toy line and maya rudolph as cynthia utom i guess that's one of the dimension x people um i'm looking i'm looking it up now because it doesn't have a blue link what the hell is it is it a new character if it's an utom it's a dimension there's there's literally no pictures anywhere on the internet whatsoever that character didn't exist before yeah just judging by the last name it's a dimension x character um oh so is so is it literally going to be that she's like a normal human and then it's revealed she's one of the brains and then she's going to be reporting to krang wouldn't that actually maybe like a sleeper agent that could be interesting actually that's that, that's that's what i'm saying like mm. she'll be talking blah 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 and then like it looks like a human but then she like opens her jacket and there's a brain inside of her and she's talking to krang it's, it's like the the invasion is set sir see i'd like to know who's playing shredder because that hasn't been announced yet and krang hasn't been announced and krang either, hasn't so been if, announced if, uh shredder well i mean 
you can't get Uncle Phil, unfortunately. The guy who played um, him from the 2012 series was really good, Michael Richardson. Um, I would hope I you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say Kramer. Yeah, and Michael yeah. Richardson. No. Um, no. Why don't they get? Why, why, why don't they get? Why don't they get Carlton to do it? Actually, you could no. put him as one of the, like the foot soldier people. If you want to, it's like you want like the casting. It's like, oh, this is a great cast. And be like, oh, who's playing Shredder? And it's like uh, Mario Lopez. You're like, what? <laughs> Actually, like pick somebody so random. I'm kind of thinking here. Like, we don't have casting for Shredder, which we don't even know if he's the main bad guy. I'm guessing Baxter Stockman might be. Actually, um, you think so? I'm kind of with Gene Carlo. That's a pretty big person to to like cast right now. Um, I'm also thinking there's no Karai, so they're not going to be following that story thread, which that's been done to death, honestly, in the last couple of shows. Um, I don't see Krang. I would hope Pat Frahey gets a voice cameo somewhere, but I could see why they maybe wouldn't. Do you think they're going to throw in some of the original voice cast people that are still around as like incidental voices in the background i would hope so like just to hear rob paulson would be kind of fun or town said coleman like like not as character characters but like like random new yorkers or whatever what what if paulson's like a pizza delivery man yeah see that'd be fun and that'd be fine and that's a good way to honor the franchise winking at the camera they get a day of work fine that'd be great um the trailer's animation i think it looks pretty cool i love the look of the new turtles i think i saw designs for the toys recently too they look okay um i probably won't be covering the toys just because frankly i don't have space for them um they just would what they would be donated to a children's charity if i do. I, I, I was gonna say you can still donate them yeah <laughs> like i remember the last time i covered turtles in any large capacity playmates toys sent me a refrigerator box of every single tmnt toy from the 2012 line i pretty much had the entire line at one point um and then i then i sold it off a uh, couple of years ago but wheelchair fund baby yeah wheelchair <laughs> fund yeah like i don't know i think this has potential to be good the fact that it's not going to streaming immediately is i think a very good sign and despite that being said the rise of the tmnt movie that premiered exclusively on netflix last summer that wasn't bad that surprised me how good that was and i didn't expect that storyline to get concluded so Turtles fans, Alex, we've been eating good for a while. We got well, the Cowabunga collection, <laughs> Shredder's Revenge. As much as this is a Paramount, Nickel- like Nickelodeon, Paramount, yada, yada, uh, what you should be doing is you should be thanking Sony mm-hmm. for making Spider-Verse because that is what reinvigorated uh, interesting styles of animation in the theatrical movie that weren't just the way CG kids movies had become were very homogenized and they all look kind of the same. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, Hey, let's take 20 different animation styles and make it into one movie. Yeah. And, and, and one of those styles being sort of a stop motion E, you know, claymation effect. And we're seeing that even more in the, the sequel trailer. And I'm like, I swear, had that movie not made bank, you wouldn't have seen this movie come out the way it did. It might've just been a direct to video, like cheaper animation. Yeah, like, I'm glad that we're starting to see these new experimental movies come out, like, 
I'm just, I'm glad to be a turtle fan <clears throat> again and seeing new things done with the IP. I remember years ago, Alex, when we first found out Rogan was going to be involved in this, we're like, I don't know, man. And now we're here seeing the trailer. We're like one day removed from it. Technically when you're hearing this podcast, I'm excited. I'm hoping we'll see more. I imagine we'll see this trailer in theaters probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, it looks cool. I, I want to hear John Cena with Seth Rogen as Bebop and Rocksteady because one of the worst and best parts of TMNT out of the shadows was Bebop and Rocksteady because they were so ridiculously goofy. Well, how do we want to start taking bets as to how many seconds into the film before we hear Rogan just going, <laughs> that kind of suits Bebop. I'm kind of okay with it, but you're I right. Know. Like, how long is it going to take till he does that? Till it's just Rogan and it's not him doing a character? Yeah, it's going to be uh, weird. You know, it's going to be even stranger when we hear Rogan as Donkey Kong do 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 that laugh. Uh, is it weird that Donkey Kong? I don't hear like any of the cart, like any of the like game voices or anything or grunts. I only hear the terrible Canadian South African cartoon voice. <laughs> yeah, that you know that was. Ugh. But anyway looking at it it's kind of a renaissance for paramount animation because for a while everybody just talks about basically warner and disney right mm -hmm. when it comes to theatrical uh and then you know everybody else has sort of faded away but they've been on a comeback with like they did like the spongebob movies uh and then what was the, the that rumble movie that was hampered by the fact that it came out during the pandemic yeah and now that was and now they've got Transformers Earth Spark on Paramount Plus, which is a good voice yeah. cast. And then up upcoming uh, theatrical movies, they've got uh, a uh, was it a Sandy movie from like a spinoff of SpongeBob. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, the Tiger's Apprentice, which is an action adventure fantasy novel, it's being adapted into a theatrical feature. Uh, Transformers: A New Generation. Oh. It says there's a series of science fiction action films based on Transformers franchise. Okay, so there's that. Uh, Smurfs musical, yay. Uh, but another another mainline SpongeBob, uh, an Avatar animated feature. That'll be awesome. Yeah, that's, that's about two years away. Uh, and Under the Boardwalk is a computer animated. So they've got like, five or six big productions in the works yeah and and, and then and, and that's just like you know theatrical movies they've got hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, other stuff coming up on TV. Like, I, I think now that Paramount Plus is established, mm -hmm. we're going to start seeing, you know, a better flow of, of maybe better quality animation. I would that... wonder if they'll resurrect because they own the G.I. Joe brand will we get a new G.I. Joe animated series at some point? They don't own that. So they don't own, so they don't work with like Hasbro anymore? 
they they do and they don't that would all be produced by e1 because e1 is owned by but didn't they sell right, off like, their interest in in these properties no, no they sold off their tv stuff um so it it, it would depend the only reason they have transformers is because they have a a live action computer or cgi license thingy bobber where it's like if it's television related they have to do a like a picture by picture or, or a show by show deal mm-hmm. uh gi joe i believe is completely like the contract is up like up up i don't think they ha- that's why they haven't had anything so we'll see yeah like- <laughs> we'll because it would it would be interesting like i think at this point you could make instead of a cartoon i think you could make a pretty decent paramount plus show based on gi joe yeah and just just have it be like the a team yeah that would actually be kind of fun i mean you would just need cg for some of the vehicles be like 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 gi joe bravo team or something that would be kind of cool just, and instead of having like the giant cast you have like five people that go on missions to save people and it's basically macgyver yeah like you would have somebody in the snake eyes costume because ray park you ain't coming back buddy but you could get someone to play duke you could get flynn a roadblock uh rock and roll like there's so many people you could swap in and out like what's his name um like dennis quaid isn't doing much right now right mm-hmm. you could just have him be hawk in it yeah as like he, he introduced them introduces them to their mission every single episode and then the actual team of like younger people that aren't famous are there yeah and like you could have the recurring bad guys being someone in the destro mask you could have the baroness well, let's, let's be honest Thomas. what the hell it's been like what five years what the hell has um joseph gordon levitt been doing I think he just has directing gigs now. I don't think he acts anymore. He he was in that that Apple TV show where he played a teacher and the, the show flopped and he's done nothing but like wasn't he Cobra Commander? Yeah, like yeah, do that again. Hell, if he wants to come back. I mean, it's too bad they blew up Ray Stevenson cuz he was a great firefly. Um, but yeah, there's so much you could do with a live action GI Joe show and it would kind of bring back that 90s era action adventure show. And you'd be leaning on on a big IP. And if you really wanted to tie it into something, Hasbro and G.I. Joe, you could do something with, with Transformers. Wait, you know what it's going to be because it's, 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 it's Paramount and Nickelodeon and all that. It would be a Nickelodeon show and it would be G.I. Joe Academy. And then they just bring out Sergeant Slaughter to train the kids. You know what? I could I'd get behind it. that. I, know. I could get behind that. Sergeant Slaughter is old as shit, but he can he come out of attention, and he's just old Sergeant Slaughter. That would be awesome. Give me <laughs> a, a, joint, Academy. A, a joint venture. They just get like they get like old retired WWE wrestlers to show up as like the trainers. Oh my god, that'd be not gonna lie. The, that'd be kind of fun. Brutus the Barber, Brutus the Barber Beefcake as some GI Joe. <laughs> Tatanka shows up and like. Ch- train someone how to like listen to the land or something <laughs> oh my god so it'd be like be like watching like an 80s cartoon but with live action old like 70 year old wrestlers <laughs> so yeah that's what we got for the entertainment news here on this week in geek now we're going to take another small break here we're going to take a listen to something that ken took a look at for us for review this week and when we come back we're going to break down the strange and unusual things that happened around earth or this parallel dimension this week we'll be back guys right after this only on this week in geek 
Hey guys, Ken Reels here, and welcome to my review of Brock the Investigator. Yes, I'm saying investigator quite literally that way because he is an alligator. <laughs> so the developer and publisher Cowcat Games sent me a code on Steam for this game, but it just recently launched on all major consoles quite recently. Uh, now this game is a point-and-click slash 2D brawler a la Double Dragon or Street or the more recent Streets of Rage 4. Um, and you play as two characters, Brock, an investigator, uh, Private Eye, and his adopted son, Graf. And you have this um, underlying mystery in this dystopian future where you are obviously Private Eye, you're solving crime uh, in this very dystopian future world where you have these two different sects of the population. You have, the, obviously, you have the slums and the poor people, and you have the people in the more posh areas of this world uh, that live under this dome bubble uh, because there's toxic... Uh, the the world is toxic outside of this bubble, basically. It, it, it's very, like, post-apocalyptic kind of stuff. Very standard future post-apocalyptic things going on in the game. But uh, it switches between these two aspects. You have this point-and-click adventure uh, kind of aspect, but then you also have these 2D brawler segments where it allows you to uh, move in uh, the 2D plane like you would in Streets of Rage or Double Dragon and you're fighting enemies. Now, the fighting system in this game is actually really, really well done, really well in depth. Um, I was able to immediately... Uh, going right into it, start juggling enemies in the air pretty easy. Um, and you can actually just juggle enemies and get them into a uh, hit combo where you just completely uh, decimate them. And it is really, really cool. Um, it, it, it very much plays like you would a double dragon. Uh, and when it comes to the point-and-click adventure stuff, uh, it does have aspects of moon logic. And what I mean by moon logic is puzzles that you're going to have to really think like the devs and try and solve them. Um, and they are real. those moments are really annoying. However, it does contain a hint system where throughout the game every single every single main screen in the game has three ads and those ads are your hint system so uh it is a it's basically a hint currency and every single screen in the game has these ads placed throughout it um and that allows you to use the hint system and the hint system is 
a little vague. I wouldn't say it's terrible, um, though the first when you click on the first hint, it do, it does the standard Professor Layton like three levels of hints for a major puzzle uh, in the game, and I don't necessarily like how the first thing is worded. Most of the time, you're going to end up having to spend more than just one uh, ad to. Uh, actually understand what the heck it's talking about uh, and sometimes you just do it th you can just brute force it and do it do a lot of these puzzles through um, just looking at just looking at something and just kind of pressing buttons and stuff uh, and it's kind of amusing because the game even acknowledges when you uh, there was a moment in one of the puzzles where it was just it was just random buttons, and I just started pressing random buttons, and the actual character in the game was like, Oh, hey! I was just pressing random buttons, and I somehow figured that out. Neat. <laughs> and that's another thing that I want to point out. The dialogue in this game is absolutely spectacular. Um, it's it, it definitely gave me a chuckle here and there throughout uh, my... 20 or so hours of playing through this uh and it is it, it's a really fun game um and especially like the music in this game is really really well done uh the music is done by a gentleman called python blue uh they are uh the soundtrack is absolutely spectacular really enjoyed it uh i'm actually laying that underneath this review so if you uh if you're listening to this review you probably hear some of the some of the music that i'm playing under here um and overall i think it is a really interesting game uh now i will say it is rated t for teen and that is legitimately a recent for it to be rated T14 in what otherwise would possibly be something for like me, I would say maybe a 10 or 12 year old, you might want to kind of judge from there uh, whether a 10 to 12 year old could possibly do play this or uh, you might want to say talk uh, talk about giving showing this to like a 13 or 15 year old depending uh on their maturity and general knowledge because there's a lot of stuff that might be a little uh a little darker for that uh for that younger age group but overall it's it's a positive game, and for uh, the price of uh, 25 on console, uh, and uh, it's 20 on uh, PC. But for even that 25 bucks, the console version is absolutely sp worth it in my book. Um, and uh, controller-wise, it plays fine, uh, even in the point-and-click sections. And uh, it, yeah. 
this is a really good game. So I highly recommend uh, checking out Brock the Investigator. It's available on all major consoles as well as Steam. And also thank you for Cowcat Games for sending me code. This week in geek.net. I'm Mike the Birdman. He's Alex Patricia. Big thanks to Ken for putting that together for us. Okay, so we're going to start things off with the strange than usual, the things that, well, you may have expected and may not have expected if you happen to read some tabloid newspapers. This is the weird news. We're going to start things off with a story that kind of warms my heart, kind of hits me right in the feels. Over $30 million worth of Funko are headed to landfill. The company that makes Funko Pop Collectibles is in so much trouble, it's preparing to throw hundreds of thousands of its pop culture-inspired figurines into the garbage. Funko revealed the plans in a recent earnings call filled with so much bad news, its stock price fell off a cliff the next day. Quote, inventory at year-end totaled $246.4 million, an increase of 48% compared to a year ago, the company wrote in a press release on Wednesday. Uh, this includes inventory that the company intends to eliminate in the first half of 2023 to reduce fulfillment costs by managing inventory levels to align with the operating capacity of our distribution center. This is this is expected to result in a write-down of the first half of 2023 of approximately 30 to $36 million. Translation, Funko's warehouses are so are overflowing with five-inch chibi replicas of Machine Gun Kelly, Spider-Man, Pikachu, and every other vaguely famous cultural icon. Throwing them out will be cheaper than trying to sell them. During a call with investors, CEO Brian Mirati said a new distribution center in Arizona was so full that the company has been bleeding cash, renting shipping containers to hold all the excess inventory. Mirati arrived just last year amid an executive shakeup following increasingly bad earnings news. The stock price cr cratered last November when Funko slashed its financial outlook for the year and fell by another 25% this week as the company revealed it would lay off 10% of its employees. Part of what seems to be the ongoing supply chain shortages combined with extra income at the time when during the household uh, at a time at home during the early pandemic year spurred a temporary run on Funko Pop sales. Now that the initial rush has subsided, the company has a ton of extra stock at the same time sales are dropping. It's hard not to wonder if the entire bobblehead uh, redux has hit its peak saturation. We're now in the third season of Mandalorian. How many more little pea orange or sorry, pea green orange Grogu's do people really need Funko Pop Collectibles has long propped up a secondary speculators market which tries to stay ahead of the curve which will release on being rare and valuable in the future a pair of Willy Wonka Funko Pops recently went for a hundred thousand dollars over the long run, 99% of Funkos are worthless outside of whatever depraved joy fans get from occasionally making eye, eye contact with the ones lining their shelves. And now a ton more are, are apparently headed for a landfill somewhere in Arizona. May our future ancestors or aliens excavating our civilization sometime in the distant future forgive us. <sighs> now, I went to a um, discount chain here in Canada called Dollarama, I think it is, Alex, or Bucketoo or something. And 
Dollarama, yeah. Oh, they are full of Funko Bops. And I did see one that was cool. It was the zombie Falcon from What If. That one actually had some good sculpting. But with the other tons of like Harry Potter and Squid Game and Eternals and just random franchise and random baseball players, which if you didn't know, this is Aaron Hernandez. How would you ever know? Do you because they all have the same look? Yeah. Do you remember what was it? Uh, six months ago, seven months ago, mm-hmm. uh, during the E. Well, what would have been E three when they announced that they're making a uh, a super high budget triple A fifty million dollar plus video game? Yeah. Whatever happened to that? <laughs> that ain't coming out now. If they're it, they sunk a lot of money into that, and if they can't even sell the goddamn toys. They're not going to be making that goddamn game. Like, now, I will admit, I have bought some Fungos in the last few months, and it's only because I get them for Blair. Loser. I Loser. I buy the Pokemon ones that are only of the Eeveelutions. But I will not pay That's secondary what? market prices. I'll no, only... Loser. No, I'm kidding. I'm just fucking with you. Um, and outside of that, in my personal collection, I have a Lord Draken from power rangers i have a white ranger and that's it i have basically tommy oliver that's it uh what do i have i've got uh well you i think you have the same one i do too uh hollywood hogan that came i sold that for 200 dollars a couple years ago was it sealed no loose 200 bucks well i've got mine sitting on a shelf (laughs) um i have that i have Oh, and I think a power and a Power Ranger or two. I've got some Ghostbusters oh, uh, ones too. Uh, I got Captain Picard, and oh, and I have uh, Lopan. Yeah, because it's unique looking. That's it. I don't give a shit about the rest. I, and I mean, hey, if I can get two hundred bucks for mine, <laughs> I'll take it. Some sucker can buy it. Yeah. Um. I did get. I do. I do have a giant one that my sister Shannon gave me. That's of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, and it's literally as tall as one of my Transformers combiners. Oh, does. Does the Stick of Truth Cartman count? Because that wasn't really a Funko. No. It was made by Funko. Technically, no, if you really want to split hairs on it. But that one is really, really well made. And Funko, to a certain extent, if it's if it's a vinyl figure and well made, fine. But the Funkos, yeah. they're almost so universally devoid of what makes them interesting. Excuse me. Um, the, the dead eyes take away 90 percent of the personality see for me the ones that i like that i have that i can see right now i have the ghostbusters mini puffs because i'm so close to completing all of them cool like the only one i think i'm missing is the mini puff with the headphones that was exclusive to walmart i remember last year no it was two years ago when ghostbusters uh afterlife came out there was an exclusive funko pop to baskin robbins that not many people knew about it so i was able to get a couple and i could trade them to other toy collectors because evidently a lot of places just didn't get them and that's when i noticed the market was starting to fall out of these things because i found out after after a few days a lot of those baskin robbins had tons of overstock because they couldn't sell them. They couldn't get rid of them. But 
other retailers, like there's one retailer I can name. I'm not going to name them specifically, but they're in Kitchener, Waterloo, Alex. They're right near our vet. And they have their entire stores Funko. They are so fucked that I don't know what what they're going to do. Like, like there's a, there's a card and collectibles place. Um, Funko one. I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. There's a couple. Like there's I don't know if it's the exact same store, but there's one I'll double check. There's a guy that runs a store that sells mostly wrestling toys. Yes, that's the place. That's the place. It's all Funko. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you know I know him. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh I he he worked at Geek Squad like years ago, and he was and he was like in the uh, backyard wrestling scene. He's like ten, fifteen years older than me, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah he he worked for Geek Squad for like as like the in house guy mm-hmm. for I don't know fifteen twenty years, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that he started that business. It's basically Funko and wrestling toys, and they they were in Cambridge and they just moved to Kitchener, like. That's the sort of thing where, like, I have another friend of mine who runs a comic book store, and he very wisely, he pivoted away from that stuff. We're sure there's some in the store because somebody still wants them, but the Funko market fell out years ago. Like, even Walmart, like, actually, when you go to Toys R Us right now, because I always go in there for, like, kind of Transformers and stuff, it says all Funko Pop sales are final. They don't want them back. You buy it, oh, you, you're fine. You can't, you can't even you can't even return them when they're sealed. Nope, because you can lose "quote unquote" the value the second you crack the seal. Which, if the box is even remotely dinged, you can't resell it at maximum value. Which the resellers for these Funkos, I I, I actually had this I, idea the other day, Alex, and I'm going to run it past you. So let's say I'm Funko Pop and I haven't made all the stupid decisions that have led me to right now. If you want to sell a Funko Pop of, say, Machine Gun Kelly, Rihanna, Metallica or some shit like that, right? I order 100,000 of them and I'm putting in a large number just because I don't know purchasing. But if you want these Funko Pops, you have to go to the concert or you have to buy them off the website. You don't put them in Toys R Us, Target, Walmart, every convenience store you can think of. You make the you make them limited. You can charge more. People will buy them because there are always super fans of whatever franchise. Or you offer them at San Diego Comic Con, which is what they often do. With cons, they'll get an exclusive glow in the dark Goku or some bullshit. Funko's only going to make their they're done. They're never. They're done outside of putting collector's items within box sets of other things. Yeah, like, if you told me, hey, you can get um, Metallica's Black Album, Funko Pops, whatever, but they also have like, these like, weird ones. It's like, oh, you, oh, you want to buy the, the like, uh, I don't know, let's say there's an Iron Maiden um, best of collector's box with, like, three CDs for... 50 bucks and it comes with a, a funko of of their mascot eddie yeah that'd be fine You're like okay okay cool but again i i the market for people spending 15 to 20 dollars on these uh, is done unless like it's now it's no longer a let's buy a funko as the gift 
it's let's throw a Funko in a box with other stuff to complete the gift. Do you it's no longer? Do you remember wanting to- when I got my Reddit package a couple years ago, and you could tell someone just they did exactly that. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that shit? And I mean, maybe the person didn't have a lot of money. I don't mean to judge someone's kind of generosity, but I could tell this was meant just to hit the dollar amount in the hope that they get something fantastic. Um, I remember there's a reason there, there's a reason that they shut down that program and it's not because of the pandemic. It's because they were getting complaints that uh, people that the more famous the Reddit gift exchange got, the more opportunists went in. Yo, for sure. For sure. It went for, it went from being everybody trying to one up each other to only one in 10 people actually giving a decent gift. Yeah. Like I went all out for my gifts. Cause I always have extra things from like press releases or I, here's I got a $10 book and I, and I gave $50 worth of stuff. Yeah. I, and I was like, and that, that book, I, I almost wanted to burn it. And I'm like, it was ready player one. And I'm like, you gave me one of the worst. You basically walked into a bookstore and said, Hey, what's on the front shelf and the clearance aisle yeah like it's it's disappointing and i remember the actually no i bought funkos for a gift last year because it was a halloween exclusive to like the disney store or something i bought it was the collector set for hocus pocus because somebody that i knew really wanted it i'm thinking you know what i've got a little bit of extra money right now I don't mind. Even with the cold dead eyes? Even with the cold dead eyes, they thought it was cool. And it's not to say, I haven't seen, like, one of the one, one of the coolest Funkos I've seen, there's a giant Unicron that I think looks really cool, and there's a giant sound wave. It depends. Okay. As long as it's not humanoid, some of it can be really fantastically sculpted. Well, like, I'm on their website, Icons. One of them is just Airman U.S. Air Force. What the hell? Generic generic army man yeah it's just it's a uniform you're paying for the sculpting of the uniform frontline heroes and it's just a person wearing scrubs like unless that money's going to like a doctor's organization oh oh, it is it is 100 not and they've discounted it to six bucks because nobody's buying it that's insulting let me just double check the packaging to see if it says anything it does fuck all They, they aren't giving money to anybody yeah see maybe 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 they did for like the first week of sales but that's not what's happening on the website now uh and then there's like a bob ross one and i'm like that's cool but it's not painted as well as bob ross would paint things yeah uh like stretch armstrong pop oh that's great it doesn't stretch yeah like it's so weird like one of my big problems with funko as a as a toy collector is I appreciate a, a good sculpt. Like, for example, I'm looking at my White Ranger and my Green Ranger right now. As Funko Pops, I don't mind them because the sculpt work on the helmets and on the details on, like, their shields on their chest, that's nice. As I look at the sculpt work on my mini puffs, I have look at the little one eating a piece of pizza. That's not bad. That looks well, pretty good. And again, it's because they don't have the cold, dead basic eyes that they all all the regular humanoid ones have yeah it's like again what are you getting out of a t- we, t- t- takashi we, 69 one or 
Rihanna. Like you're just getting clothing sculpts. That's all you're paying for. And we and we know a few people that their entire obsession is these things. And the worst part is when they don't even take them out of the packaging and they're not there to try to think they're going to flip them for money. They're not even like opportunists that they have built shrines to the boxes. Well, and my main problem with that is if you're going to build a shrine and you're going to keep them in box, you need box collectors. Like if you collect any toy that's in a package, you gotta, you gotta slab it. You oh no, Michael! You're supposed to you're supposed to stack them like you're stacking cans of of empty beers uh, on a corner table, and without a, a display case or lighting, just to have there to show, hey, look at my cool collection of of cardboard boxes. And at the same time, and this is going to be really fucking dorky. What I say next is, unless you have the proper collectors' cases for certain figures. You're going to get sun fading. UV damage is a hell of a fucking thing for certain toys. There's a certain YouTuber that I talked to on Twitter and I said to him, uh, hey, you've got all these cool toys. It's awesome. You're still keeping them in package. That's great. Do you have UV protection for your windows? What do you mean? Well, sun can and will fade plastic. And if it's exposed to air for too long, white plastic in particular will yellow over time depending on how that particular plastic was mixed you see this an awful lot with certain transformers and certain uh star wars figures you see it a lot in early kenner figures as well where certain figures turn yellow actually some figures will technically grow mold on them because of the way that the plastic was uh made and you can fix that by doing a certain chemical bath but if you do that you're reducing the value of the figure but i digress the the only way i would get um funko's now is if you could make your own and i don't mean like build a bear i mean like if you could take a picture like send a picture in and the lab will use ai to make a a funko look like you and then you could get that made. i always wonder how people made custom funko's i i never looked into it they they sell or they did at one point they sold completely white blank ones that are in the generic boy or generic girl ones and then you just paint them however you want. Oh, well, I'm not that talented. Yeah, like, if if, if there was, like, a Hasbro <laughs> selfie series... You have problems opening the packaging of the toys. That's why I carry a little knife. Um, but- I, 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 I'm not being mean. I'm just laughing because it's like, you were not wrong when you say that you're not talented enough to paint them. Neither am I. But, like, when you're like, oh, I can't do that. It's like, no, I don't know if the listeners realize you can't. Yeah, no, I literally can't. But, yeah, it's just... It's depressing to see how much that market built up so many mom and pop businesses. I've seen so many online stores focus entirely on Funko, and this market was always going to crash. It's the beanie baby of our generation. It's the Warhammer store. You know, like, how many Warhammer stores can exist? Maybe one, two in a certain region. One per city is all you can really support, depending on the size of your city. Yeah. If you're a metropolitan, like if you're Toronto and you got five million people, you can have about maybe five ten. ten. Yeah. Uh, for our region, there's like three or four, and it's like, and that's pushing it. Yeah, and that's competitive. They only sur- they survive by running games and and basically begging for money to, for people to come play games at their stores. You can't survive off of being a one brand store. Yeah, like you couldn't just be the D and D store. You would have to branch and, out into path. And the worst or part. Whatever. 
at least one thing Funko didn't do is they didn't do what Games Workshop did, which is tell other people you can't sell anything else. Um, yeah, because that remember that, remember that was a big issue for a long time. Yep, and and for a while D and D was the same. You could sell you could sell D and D and be a D and D reseller, but you couldn't sell you know, you know Pathfinder. You're like, what do you mean you can't? It's like, well, to keep your sponsorship to to be able to run games here, you can't do that. It's like that's anti competitive shit. Uh, now Warhammer is way way worse for that. Oh yeah, like for you to be even allowed to use like their signage, you're not allowed to sell anything else at least that's how it was i don't know if it's the same way anymore but like you wonder why all these stores start dying it's because you can't live off of one brand you know they're they're not the apple store <laughs> you know the funko store ain't gonna do what Lego. like you you can run a lego store and just be lego but again how many stores can you do that in, in an area yeah. right like there is a point where you know every comic book shop became a funko store and guess and they're probably panicking right now trying to figure out how they're going to supplement their income since Funkos aren't selling anymore and comics aren't either. Yeah, I mean, it it's a weird place. I mean, even the comic book store that I frequent now, they've got a lot of Funko Pops, and I'm a little worried. Like, what are you going to do? I mean, again, I've ordered one only because it's an evolution. Here, here's here's a question. Uh, how How fast has this shut down a bunch of the GameStops in the region? Yeah, because those walls have, they, are full of them entire walls we're talking like hundreds of them facing forward and they're not selling that's a really good point like gamestop's gonna have to pivot something fucking gamestop and eb games canada basically became the funko store for the last like better part of almost 10 years yeah i mean it's weird i don't go to gamestop to buy games i go there to buy toys because i go there to buy gaming hardware like controllers and and whenever i pre-order a new system i have not bought an actual game there since 2020 i don't even remember what the last game i i bought there was the the last game i bought there like was when i picked up my ps5 and got uh demon souls i think i pre-ordered a controller yeah yeah i got a controller for my playstation 5 and that was it so that should tell you something. All right. So we are going to move on from this depressing story onto a funny story. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, if you're a Funko big fan and you're getting mad at us for this, I'm not sorry, actually. You, you did this to yourself. You beanie babied yourself. I mean, if you get some joy out of it, great. Maybe you can take if advantage of some, some of these sales. Just know that some of these retailers that oh, maybe... The old, the old Alex is coming back for a second. If, if you... If you really like those things and you worship these toys and you love them, uh, reevaluate your life. I'm not going to go quite that far. So this next, if, 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 no, but I'm saying if you're if you are genuinely very upset by this, reevaluate why. So this next story comes courtesy of Kotaku.com, which our last story did as well. So an illegal crypto mining operation was found hidden under a high school. A man has been arrested. <laughs> oh, I saw this one. Yes, this is good. A man has been arrested and is facing charges in a small town outside of Boston after local authorities discovered a, quote, illegal cryptocurrency mining operation 
tucked underneath a school's floor. As the BBC report, the accused 39-year-old Nadam Nas was previously the assistant facilities director for the small town of Coasat, which is roughly 10 miles outside of Boston. In December 2021, a, quote, routine inspection of the school turned up some suspicious modification. Coasat Police Chief William Quigley told the told the BBC that according to the Kosat High School's director, uh, own director of facilities, during a routine inspection of the school, he noticed electrical wires, temporary ductwork, and numerous computers that seemed out of place. The ducts and wiring were all headed towards the same place, near the school's boiler room, and was checking under the floor there. A cryptocurrency mining operation that was illegally plugged into the school's electrical system was discovered. As you can see in the image above, which I'll just kind of describe it to you, basically picture a really long conference room table filled with about 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, about 13 or more uh, computers, which are basically just not quite desktops. They're just put in these really simple cases with a big kind of cooling fan basically uh with like twelve hundred dollar video cards yeah um so that that would be like 20 grand worth of computers yeah so it says while this wasn't a warehouse sized operation quote the 11 computers sorry were discovered including uh some inside coolers that were vented to the outdoors that was still a significant amount of hardware to be found hiding under a school's floor and it was drawing more than enough power to leave a trace Authorities say the mining operation uh, operated from April to December 2021 and racked up electricity bills for the school estimated to be around $17,500. Nahas, who pleaded... Oh, 17000 In just that short amount of time. Wait a minute. So they probably got 1,100-watt power supplies. So 2000, 2000. Oh, he's probably pulling in. Oh that's like 20 kilowatts of power for that yeah that's basically like running the stove that's like turning your stove on mm-hmm. actually wait thinking about how much power the stove is 40 amp that's like running two or three stoves at like the 500 degree like you know, almost like the max power for like six months straight so, so yeah, yeah, that can easily that can add up to that. So Nahas, who pled not guilty in a court appearance last week, resigned from his job as assistant facilities director shortly after the operation was discovered. He was arrested last year after a month long investigation that involved not just local police but the U.S. Coast Guard and the Department of Homeland Security as well. The Boston Globe says Nahas' specific charges are vandalizing a school, fraudulent use of electricity, and he has been quote ordered to stay away from all public buildings in Kosat. Now, I did a little bit of digging on this. This guy was pulling in $70,000 a year. Why yeah. Why did he need this extra money? Agreed. And ultimately, like, it, it, the cryptocurrency it, it, honest, market honestly, Yeah, but honestly, it's greed. Yeah. It, it's just pure... It, it's, I don't want to pay tax. That's what it is. Yeah, because... It, it's, it's how dare the government take tax from me I'm going to do whatever I can to not pay taxes. So I'm going to make $17,000 of hydro, depending on how much hashes he was pulling. He could have made anywhere from 50 to a hundred grand. Yeah. And I'd like to know what coins he was mining, considering that market is so volatile, like cryptocurrency and NFT. What I'm saying, 50 to, I'm saying 50,000, as like a almost a conservative guarantee yeah. that you would make mm-hmm. if you were doing something um like if you're doing bitcoin mining which is not going to make you real money anymore mm-hmm. like he could have made up to 50 grand uh 
up to a hundred on something a little more volatile or he could have made a couple million dollars but if he did that would have made the news yeah like this is stupid i mean he 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 probably made his yearly salary yeah doing this and uh, you know tax-free he probably doubled what he was making in a year and we only like to cover cryptocurrency stuff when something particularly stupid happens so our last story comes courtesy of cnn.com and thank you alex for sending this one in newly discovered chemicals are so deadly to fungi they are named after keanu reeves i i put this in here for two reasons one Keanu Reeves and two we're watching the last of us <laughs> it's not every day we, we we found we found it we don't need a vaccine we found the cure Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it's not every day that that effective fungus killing compounds are discovered so researchers in Germany's new their recent find needed a special name identifying and testing three natural compounds that prove lethal to fungi they were so impressed named that they've named the chemicals after after actor Keanu Reeves, a nod to how he eliminates villains in movies such as John Wick and The Matrix. The potential treatment for fungi comes at a time when the organisms are becoming more and more resistant to known antifungals, according to the study co-author Sebastian Gotez, a researcher with Germany's Lebans uh, Institute for National Product Research and Infection Biology. Not only are the newly dis not only are the newly named microbes effective against plants, researchers found the compounds molecules commonly found in bacteria called lipotides uh, also to be effective treatment against human fungal infections. The study was published recently in the Journal of American Chemicals uh, of the American chemical society quote the lipotides uh kill so effectively that we named them after keanu reeves because he has to uh, because he too is extremely deadly in his role gotez says in a statement we have a crisis in anti-infectives many human pathogenic fungi are now resistant to antimycotics or antifungals partly because they are used in large quantities in agricultural fields called keanu I can't even pronounce this. Kiamukengus or something. The newly found antimicrobial compounds are a natural byproduct of the bacterial Pseudomonas, uh, typically found in soil and water. Researchers came across the compounds when studying Pseudomonas for their effectiveness against predatory amoebas. Scientists have known that, quote, many of these bacterial species are very toxic to amoeba, which feed on bacteria, said the lead study author, Pierre Stalforth, head of the Department of uh, Paleo biotechnology at the Lebans Institute in a statement. Stallforth and his fellow researchers wanted to explore the bacteria's effectiveness against fungi, which have a cell structure similar to that of amoebas, according to the study. And then it just goes into a bunch of scientific jargon. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, so we we have the cure for The Last of Us, and it's John Wick. It's John. It's John. It's now if only we could mix it with taken then it'd be like we have a very very specific set of skills is to kill fungus because the fungus killed his dog or some shit so we'll get the uh keanu itis and liam nisa microbial and uh, we'll have the ultimate anti-fungal anti-bacterial resistant super drugs there we go and Alex. we'll just and then we'll just get uh john goodman from uh arachnophobia as delbert to just go around spraying it <laughs> uh, spraying sp- the ultimate bu- bug killer slash fungal killer there we go this is how you el- eliminate anti-fungals anti-bacterial resistance shit and bugs we got dude you like episode episode two of last of us when we're watching that like and we're getting the backstory and the uh the uh scientist lady in was it jakarta yeah and 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 she goes and sits down and they're, they're like like what's the solution she's like bomb 
<laughs> bomb everybody, like kill everybody. And and then after that, like it's like how many people have, have been infected? Like fourteen. She's just like it's too late. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> too late. I remember looking at Blair when that moment happened. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, like she wanted to bomb everybody before she found out how many people had already been infected. Yeah, and when they're like, "There's 14 people missing," he's like, "It's too many." Yeah, the bombs aren't even going to help, but you just, you should still do it now. I want to like go when home it, when with it, my when family. it was when there was just one unknown person. She was like, "Bomb the whole city," and when it was more than one person, she's just like, "Like." I'd like to go. I'd like to go visit my family now, please. Yeah, like that. And then you, and then you find out Jakarta was the first place bomb. They did take her advice and do it. That's oh my god! Again, folks, we're going to talk about this in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, but and, and I, I, it was really cool because how often you don't really see the Philippines like shown off much as like a as a as like okay, it sounds bad, but every time you hear about the Philippines. In movies and that they try to make it seem like it's a third world country yeah in here but, it, but, a it's, but the philippines place. yeah but it's yeah, i was gonna say it's not like like a lot of uh our call centers that are in the philippines because they speak like perfect english mm-hmm. like almost almost it's like an official it's the official language third or second language right like and it's the official language of business the philippines is like a fairly advanced country with all the the same you know they have their own version of the cdc and whatever what do we have up here i forget what we call ours but like they have their own like it's not like it's it's not like some little tiny island with no people it's it's one of the most populated countries and you know over there it's like it's it's, it's it was so well done too she's like so professional she's just like bomb yeah <laughs> and and, and the, the look on the general's face is like what she's like you like yeah, bomb everybody and, and and like the fact that he didn't just like flinch or be like oh you're joking it's like oh like she's being serious we have to go do this (laughs) yeah so so anyway folks uh that's going to do it for this edition of the nerd news network and uh we're going to finish things off with a review i did this week and this is where i wish i had something as effective as john wick or delbert this is my review of wulong fallen dynasty and you're going to find out why birdman isn't as good as he thinks he is at video games we'll be back guys right after this only on this week in geek Hey guys, this is Mike the Birdman here, and I'm here to take a look at something, well, something that humbled me, if I'm going to be quite frank with you. We're going to be taking a look at a game we got from Koei Tecmo and Team Ninja. I'm talking about Wulong Fallen Dynasty on the PlayStation 5. And I have got to say, this is one of those games that totally made me question my cred as a gamer, and more or less led me into existential crisis. Allow me to explain what I mean. So this is a game that is like a souls born and I am notoriously not good at these games. Although when I first saw the trailers for this, I heard it described as kind of like a fighting game. And I figure, hey, I'm pretty good at Street Fighter. I'm not bad at Mortal Kombat. I generally don't suck. Oh boy, was I wrong. Now, that being said, I'm not calling this game bad. I'm calling myself absolutely abysmally terrible. And allow me to explain. So this game uh, is described as an action role-playing game, definitely in that Soulsborne kind of genre. I've actually heard this game compared to uh, Sekiro and to Neo, neither of which I've played because of their reputation for being notoriously difficult. But there was something about when I saw the Wulong trailer that I'm like, you know what? 
Maybe I'll give this one a whirl. Maybe I'll do okay. I was wrong. I was humbled. I was humiliated. But what I did have was a fairly interesting time for as far as, as I got. And definitely when the next Star Wars Jedi Survivor game comes out, I'm sure I'll be a lot better at that when it comes to using a lightsaber. But when it comes to using ancient Chinese weaponry, effective, I am not. So this game takes place during the era of, I think it's called the Three Kingdoms in uh, ancient China. There is like this demonic force. You're running against historical figures who've been corrupted by demons. And I really can't tell you too much about the story because I couldn't get very far. But what I can tell you about is the combat system. And this is like, like I said, very Soulsborne, very deflection heavy, very parry heavy, very dodge uh, mechanically oriented. So you cannot button mash your way through this. In fact, you will get your ass kicked um, if you try and uh, do so. So a lot of it, when you get into the boss fights, requires a lot of you deflecting critical blows, taking um, advantage of that momentary opening in the... Uh, enemy's weak point to basically stab them in the face or you can use what is like wizardry spells but you can also increase um certain things like you there are like four different uh kind of virtues like wood metal water stuff like that and they can't they have increased stats and stuff like that but you can equip different sets of armor that can do different things and enemies will drop things too and believe me enemies drop a lot so You'll be doing a lot of inventory management, but I can tell you this, don't get uh, your person too heavy because that will affect how effective your weapons are. In fact, this game could almost be called Menu the Game, and you almost need a spreadsheet to keep track of some of this stuff. But um, one of the things I really want to say about this, this game has one of the coolest character creators I've seen in a really long time, as in it looks incredible making your own avatar, I made this, like, cool ninja girl sort of thing. Um, I was actually kind of thinking, technically I could make Commander Shepard if I really, really, really wanted to. That's how robust this uh, character creator is. I thoroughly uh, enjoyed it. I just wish I could have done more with it because, I, like I said, I didn't get very far uh, in this game. Like I said, humiliatingly so. So, can I recommend Wulong Fallen Dynasty? Well... It's a more linear Soulsborne-like experience, and it does have some fun there to be had if this is your kind of genre. However, um, I wouldn't call this baby's first Soulsborne. I would say that's more like Jedi Fallen Order, where there are accessibility settings, so you can turn down the windows for like kind of parrying. And I, and I guess that's something to kind of make mention with this. There are no real accessibility setting, settings here outside of like, hey, the text is now bigger, but you can't turn down uh, enemy damage. There's no dif difficulty setting. It's just, here's hard, good luck. Um, so I might suggest watching some gameplay online. If you can watch somebody live stream this, maybe get an idea to see if this is your kind of jam. I'm pretty sure this is available on uh, Xbox Game Pass. Like I said, I reviewed this on PlayStation 5. There is a Seasons Pass available. If you pre-order in the next couple of days, or not pre-order, I guess if you buy this in the next couple of days, you do get a an extra set of armor, which is actually pretty helpful in the early part of the game. But uh, I can say Wulong Fawn Dynasty, 
Well, you definitely showed me how good I think I am at video games. So big thanks to Team Ninja and Koei Tecmo for sending this over. Stop now, or I shall use more big words at you. And that's the kind of show it has been here on ThisWeekInGeek.net. Certainly ran the, the gamut this week, talking about The Last of Us, Star Trek Discovery, talking about a potential domestic terrorist threat in the United States, because we really don't know anything. It's been a day, to say the least, so thank you for joining us here on the show. You know what's a domestic terrorist threat? When I'm over at your place and I let rip one of the massive juicy farts that I'm known for. That's actually that's not even a threat that's not a threat that's a full-blown airborne attack and that's the kind of class that we bring you here on this we can geek each and every week here on the show well you you remember when the pandemic was hitting and we said hey we're going into lockdown we can't visit for a while and that we realized it was going to be the last visit what did i do i let rip a nice juicy dest- like destroyer of worlds that lingered for days so you have something to remember me by thank you and then we didn't see each other for like four months yeah jesus hard <laughs> to believe man but hey hopefully i'll see you during march if, break if when you know what when alex goes out he goes out with style this is very true so uh coming up on the site this week i know we have a loose cannon that me and ken recorded so alex needs to put that out we have our star trek uh year in review which is recorded um, we're going to be recording another loose cannon, which is going to be on Fear City and Nightmare Beach. We're going to record that hopefully this week. We actually have a guest coming to the show on loose cannon. We're going to bring my friend Enrique Cuto from uh, yeah. from the Freddy's Nightmare podcast. We f- we fear change. We do fear change. Uh, we're going to be talking <laughs> about Theodore Rex and pre hysteria movies that evidently have traumatized Enrique. So. I don't believe these movies exist. Isn't isn't that the one with the claymation pterodactyls? I think so. And it's a movie, I think, Enrique said he was asleep on the couch during high school and he didn't believe it existed until he woke up and saw it. He's like, oh, my God, this is real. Something's hitting my brains. Is that a uh, Charles Band production? I think it might be. When he did, because didn't Full Moon have like a children's wing for like three years in the mid 90s? Yeah, I think it was that either that if it wasn't Charles Band, it might have been might have been his brother Albert. So we'll. But that's that's there's something Full Moony about this, just the poster and and for it where I'm like, there's something Full Moony about. You know what? We'll have to do a loose cannon month to salute Full Moon pictures. I should try and get in touch with, with, with Charles Band again. Well, the trick is to not do any of the major franchises. Exactly. Try to, you try to pick stuff that people don't remember at all. I would because love to. everybody, everybody who, even people who don't know the company we're talking about. You know Puppet know, Master. Know of Puppet Master. Or maybe even subspecies if you're a bit of a kind of a B fan. Or didn't he, did he do Evil Bong? Yes. Um, yes. They know of that more recently. Evil Bong movies with Tommy Chong. And then they know they'll know the ginger maybe, dead man, uh, uh, ginger dead man, puppet master, demonic toys. There's like a handful, but specifically puppet master, I think is the one that everybody, even if they've never seen the movies, they've heard of it. Yeah. So look for that probably in late April or May where we may do a full moon month. I've got, I know the two movies that I want to cover which I'm really looking forward to talking about these. Can't do transfers. We're not, we're not nope, doing. <laughs> no, that is a future imperfect in and of itself. Um, yes. I want to do <laughs> arcade and bad channels. Those are my two. Um, okay. 
So anyway, guys, lots of good stuff. Oh, is arcade is this the the virtual reality one, right? Yeah. And it's really wow. weird. Or maybe Dr. Mordred. I, I could do. Um, so anyway, yeah, lots of cool stuff coming up on the site. Like I said, you've got a loose cannon where me and uh, Ken talk about disability romance. We just didn't get a chance to post it in February because of schedules. Uh, we have our Star Trek year in review. That'll be coming up on the site this week. Um, as we discussed on the show, we are going to do a prototype talking about The Last of Us um, as its adaptation. I th- I have been sent a request if they want us to cover The Last of Us on PC. That'll go to Ken whenever that comes in. And we're probably going to do something on... What, what, what was the other thing I talked... Oh, right. Star Wars. It needs a report card. When Mando Season 3 wraps up, we'll talk about how that's going to be put together. I'm sure we have some Marvel M mcu stuff to talk about uh jt uh gave me a bunch of transformers comics over christmas i would like to bring back sunday funnies because i have read through about 30 or 40 issues of the idw series i know i'm years behind but my god this shit's awesome so we'll be talking about about all that and more right here on this week in geek as we prepare because e3 is only a few months away yeah and we still need to do our sort of our our pre pre three preview of what we're looking at. Cause right now the gaming landscape's kind of weird and it, it, it would make for an interesting 30 or 40 minute discussion of what are we looking for this year? Me resident evil star Wars. And I don't know. I really don't that's, know. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to go into the archives and look up what we, we thought was announced in the while ago that we haven't heard from in a while. And we can make it sort of like a, what are we hoping to see this year now that E3 is back for the first time? Yeah. So we will be talking about all that and more here on the site. Uh, I think you and Ken were going to do something at some point. So yeah, that's probably what we're going to do is that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I may come in, share some of my thoughts. Cause I basically, Alex is my pre-order page when it comes to gaming stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll have a lot of good stuff coming up on the site. Don't worry about it, folks. Um, I should have more toy reviews coming up in the next few weeks. Some hopefully something really big's coming. I'm crossing my uh fingers on it. We'll wait and see whether I get it or not. Uh, so anyway, folks, uh, for this week in geek, we have been Alex the producer, I've been Mike the Birdman saying be excellent to each other and be safe out there, folks, because hey, winter's still here and you got to drive safe. So anyway, folks, we'll be right here next week, right here on thisweekingeek.net. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response. Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Thanks for listening to this episode of This Week in Geek. Hungry for more? Check out our website at thisweekingeek.net. You can subscribe to the podcast, browse our Twitter and Instagram, and leave your thoughts on today's topics. If you'd like to give us some feedback, send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. Tune in next time, and remember, lower your shields and surrender your listenership. We would be honored if you would join us. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night.